We're putting the band back together. Twisted Minds brought you the original fan ball. We had a bad time with enough to turn goat piss in the gas This is the Fan Ball Fantasy Football Podcast. If you're dumb, surround yourself with smart people. And if you're smart, surround yourself with smart people who disagree with you. Welcome back to another episode of the Fanball Fantasy Football Podcast. We are here today with John Tuvey. How you doing, John? I'm doing well, thank you. And Jay Clemens to my left. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing fine, sir. How about yourself? I am great. We want to talk a few things that are in the news. We haven't had a podcast since last week, so we figured we'd get on here and uh, shove some news into your ear holes. That's a good place for it. <laughs> that is a good place. It's the only place especially for it compared for to yeah, compared to other options. Yeah, I, I, it's probably not good that we're going to shove it in there, man. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just you do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Maybe put a washcloth over it before you shove it in there, and don't use a Q-tip because <laughs> that's not good. No, no. I'm just going to sit over here quietly and not say anything. <laughs> they do have those Q-tips for kids that you know you can't push them in all the way, so maybe that's the option. Really? That is actually something I have. I'm not making this up. I have a friend in Michigan who is deathly afraid of Q-tips. Like he has to be stationary. You can't, we're not on TV right now, but he's got to be stationary because he had somebody that walked, uh, like a cousin that was walking around and fell and like. Got, so the, the man lives. In, he's not afraid of big big animals, but Q-tips will bring oh. him to his knees. Well, you, you yeah. got to inform him these things do exist. No, uh, if anything, I, when college I would walk around the whole time with, <laughs> like Fraser Crane with scissors in the bar at Cheers. Just, just I would just walk him. around with Q-tips in my ears. The whole I was time. once mugged yeah. by a man with a q-tip just came up to the q-tip and asked, hey all sounds right, like, was it jay's money it sounds that, like yeah. you could do that to jay's friend <laughs> but anyway bruce arians recently said that jaron brown is the cardinals number two receiver now we got to remember that john brown is uh is not i believe not practicing right now is that right john uh, yes, he uh, he's not available. And there, there's another great uh, Bruce Arians quote. He's not available. You're only as good as when you're available. So that's a little bit of a shot, I think, at John Brown for not being out there with, uh, uh, let's see, this uh, the current malady, I believe, is a quad strain on top of the cyst on the back that he had removed in the offseason and then last year with the concussion and the discovery that he has the sickle cell trait. So, yeah, his, uh, his injury track record not uh, sterling. Yeah, well, Jerron Brown has flashed a couple times, but, you know, it feels like this is John Brown's job to lose. It feels like he's always the the, the perennial, like, breakout. He's going to break out finally. He ha- John Brown has, has flashed a lot more than Jerron. I, I think it's John Brown's job, but if he can't stay healthy, do you think it's Jerron Brown, Jay? I'm going to be honest here. I don't know if it matters. Like, uh, <laughs> the, this whole Jerron Brown, like, the last three years, he's averaging 14 catches. He has a catch-to-target rate of 57%. Like, I would hope that John Brown, even 70%, J.J. Nelson, you know, everyone's you know, got their opinions on J.J. Nelson. I would think that these guys, 75% or better health-wise, would have an easy shot of beating uh, Jaron Brown. So if he's deemed as the number two guy right now, I'm I'm quick. I'm already willing to just throw my hat in the ring and saying the Cardinals have the worst number two receiver in the league then, by, well, by far. I think the, the point that you hit on right there is does it matter? Because if they're going to get 
David Johnson, 1,000 receiving yards, <laughs> and Larry Fitzgerald has never had fewer than 104 targets. I mean, there's your passing game for Arizona, and then it's going to be just a hodgepodge of other ones. If John Brown is healthy and doing what he did a couple years ago when he put up stats and was the top 24 fantasy-wide receiver, I'm paying attention. If it's Jerron Brown or J.J. Nelson or Britton Golden or, man, just go down their depth chart, it's uh, – you know, get to the maybe someday Krishan Hogan or Chad Williams will emerge, but Jeremy Ross, Aaron Dobson, I mean, it's not a good receiving core. I'm actually glad you brought this up. Um, I just finished a a thing today where we were talking about individual isolated stats from last year. That will not be repeated. I'll buy uh, David Johnson's quest for 2,000 total yards back-to-back seasons. I just don't see 80 catches and 879 yards coming again. You know, he comes close to that. Ladanian Tomlinson, Brian Westbrook, Ray Rice, Thurman Thomas, four of the best rushing, uh, receiving tailbacks we've had in, this, in the NFL over the last 30 years. Uh, none of them have ever had 80 catches or more in back-to-back seasons. The only one who's ever really pulled that off, Roger Craig one time, Larry Centers, and then Marshall Falk did it five straight years from what, 98 to 2002. So I, I'm not saying uh, David Johnson cannot do well, uh, especially with that core. I just don't see it repeating. You know, so you put it all together. Sounds like I, I'm you're not a little bit down group. on the, the Cardinals offense in general. Yes, I, mean, I, I suppose I it's, not Car- it, it's not 2015 Carson Palmer th- This anymore, group is sure. aging a little bit. I know Carson Palmer has gone out of his way to tell everyone that he's fresher, healthier, whatever term you want to use. Uh, this year than he's been, what, the last three or four seasons. But at the same time, he's getting older. Uh, you know, Bruce Arians can only do so much with what he has, and I just don't like the developing aspect of what they have. I guess I could look at the depth chart and see what they picked up on rookies. But no, this you, isn't you like a it's not Cooper pretty. Cup situation or a Josh Reynolds situation that the Rams have two rookies that I know will do very well in the NFL. Yeah, Marcus Bundy, Britton Golden, come on. You know, Marcus yeah. Bundy had that four-touchdown game in the state championship back in – oh, no, wait, that was Al Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Pokai. Okay, let's let's move on to Ryan Matthews. Finally got released because he finally got cleared from injury from the Eagles. They have LeGarrette Blunt right now, who's not looking so hot either. But Ryan Matthews, 776 yards, nine touchdowns last year. He's been over 4.3 yards per carry the last four years. Is he actually done, or could he land somewhere and be fantasy relevant, Jay? Uh, he can be fantasy relevant. I, I honestly didn't think D'Angelo Williams would come close to anything what he did as the Steelers' backup a couple years Top ago. So there's always a case of that happening. But we need to start looking at Matthews of the prism of, I don't think he's, what, in 2011, 1,546 total yards, uh, 50 catches, six touchdowns. Uh, two years after that, what, 2013? 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. I, I just, I'm not looking at Matthews through that, that prism anymore. Like, okay. uh, you know, if you use average annual va- value, Pro Football Reference loves to reference it. Well, they made it, so I guess it's <laughs> fun to reference something that you created. Uh, basically, Ryan Matthews is nothing more than a an above, repla- you know, barely above replacement for, across the league. So why would I think he would have any relevance unless he was going to a team that absolutely needed a number two right. running back and had a really good offensive line? Yeah, you hit on that exactly in that he, he's got to sit by his phone, stay in shape, and wait for – Somebody to go down with a knee injury, or yeah. a team to panic. Don't, and, don't sign now. Right. Don't, yeah. The the two that I threw down as he could go to without waiting for an injury. Uh, funny you mentioned D'Angelo Williams. I put down the Steelers. James Conner hasn't really taken over that job. 
Um, if they think that their window of opportunity is now and Matthews is cheap, throw him in as the backup or as the guy. If you know if Le'Veon Bell's going to hold out, he's setting himself up for injury. We, we've seen that before. Have a, a solid uh, second option on the roster. Indy, if Marlon Mack is to be believed, maybe that's the direction they're going to go. I, I'm not really buying the uh, uh, the Robert Turbin, um, but you know you could definitely see uh, Frank Gore losing a step and, and Ryan Matthews coming in and being there. And you know, Scott Fish talked about this uh, as we were sitting side by side the other day. How about Dallas getting involved and and would that light up uh, the fantasy football community if? Uh, Ryan Matthews ends up in Dallas for six games or whatever. It There's one team you've kind of omitted, and it's his original club, the the Chargers. Like they had those injuries last year. Kenneth oh, Farrell, yeah. Brandon Oliver, they can look good in a preseason game, but you weren't necessarily buying any of these cats for uh, you know during the regular season. And uh, Melvin Gordon goes down, that could be big. I want him to wait. I will say this about Robert Turbin. I was watching Lions Colts the other day, and you know, like normally the the sideline person will interview stars from the team. Robert Turbin was their first interview, and I literally had to think, oh, that's right. Robert Turbin not only plays for the Colts, but he's still in the league. Right. You know, he is not a star <laughs> Which in any way. He is not, but, man, is he a goal line vulture. He was one of the most efficient re- inside the 10 and inside the fa- five running backs in the NFL last year. So he might. I think he had seven last year. He might be, he might be one of those guys that will have some sneaky value, especially if Gore goes down. But he, like you said, it's not When you deep. mention Robert Turbin, though, in yeah. that context that you just yeah. did, it sounds great. Like yeah. he's sneaky, you but need to put a spin in a daily, <laughs> you're never going to pick him in a daily because if if he has a bad day, you you will literally say never again, never again. And <laughs> if you have him on your team, but you don't have Frank Gore, that means you're just wasting time because then you have to be that brainiac that figures out what day is he finally going to have this vulture breakout, that kind of thing. It's it's a wasted roster spot, no matter how you cut it. Well, yeah, there's not much behind him though, so they're they're gonna they they've been loving him all preseason. I do have a question for you guys, and we'll start with John. D'Angelo Williams or Ryan Matthews? How about that pair? <laughs> They're both free agents. Well, Who it, would you rather have? You know, if somebody's got to go back to Pittsburgh, I think you'd probably give the, the edge to D'Angelo Williams since he's been in that system before. But mm-hmm. if I'm just looking for a backup running back behind my number one guy, I think i go Matthews. He's, he's younger. I think he can... Uh, you know, both backs can contribute in all facets, but uh, you know the age difference, as long as he checks out physically and I don't believe that the Eagles would kick him to the curb if he didn't pass the physical because that would really come back to haunt him so uh, I would lean Matthews narrowly based on age well they, they first of all they couldn't have cut him if he had failed the physical yeah, that would have been a four yep, million dollar cap hit yep, uh, he's I'm gonna do my favorite team. fantasy cop out uh, okay. PPR go Ryan Matthews in the standard <laughs> I would go D'Angelo it's that simple okay yeah. sure all right next topic Rob Kelly not just the starter in Washington, according to sources. He's made a, a nice little gap between him and Pirine. So Pirine has been like the guy people are loving in drafts. Kelly has been kind of put on the back burner. But should we start drafting Kelly higher? Should we start dropping Pirine? Yes to both. And uh, guilty as charged. When the, when the cheat sheet season started, I had Kelly very low. I had... Samaj P. Ryan you know, up there as a in my in the thirties as far as a back that yeah I'm I think this guy is going to take the job and run with it and I think uh, if Kelly can put up numbers and Alf Morris can put up numbers that he can put up some decent numbers in that spot and uh, even before his uh, ignominious is that the proper nice. uh, term uh, <laughs> four dollar word <laughs> preseason debut uh, fumbled once dropped a pass 
wasn't hitting the holes like the coaches wanted. Jay Gruden hasn't lost faith or says he hasn't lost faith. I'm going to go with Fat Rob. I've moved him down, yeah. I've, I've bumped Fat Rob up a bit, and you know my plan on the Redskins offense, uh, a backfield. I'll uh, just sit back and, and draft me some Chris Thompson and know I'll get the uh, pass catching. Exactly. Nice. Um, I'm not patting myself on the back here, but I've consistently had – Fat Rob, Rob Kelly, i got to get it. Oh, they have it, same Fat Rob, <laughs> of, of having Kelly consistently higher than He likes it, P. though. Ryan. He likes uh, it. I have so. friends in D.C. that do D.C. radio, and they told me from day one that P. Ryan looked great in shorts in minicamp. And I was like, okay, that tells me everything I need to know to go the other way. And plus, Rob, <laughs> Rob Kelly was quoted this summer saying he really like hired a personal trainer and just went balls out in terms of getting in shape. Uh, and he talked about how when you th- when you're a rookie, you think, "Well, I-, I trained for the combine; I should be fine." That it's a completely different animal in terms of getting shape. So I'm 100% confident. I, I like Pirine as a prospect. Okay, you don't own the NFL, uh, the uh, NCAA rushing mark for one game. You know, w- one game, single game. You can't just be like a rolling pin, you know, John Coon type, and get that <laughs> those kind of numbers. So uh, you know, I definitely like him. But at the same time, Rob Kelly is in phenomenal shape from what everyone has said. Um, I'm absolutely on board with him. Being the man and probably in that early 20 range in a PPR ranking. And coming out of the gate after a tough uh, first game against Philly, four really nice running back matchups, uh, Rams, Raiders, Chiefs, 49ers. So uh, Kelly could be a nice value early. And then uh, maybe about the time that P. Ryan is is starting to figure things out and uh, Kelly bumps into a little bit uh, more difficulty as far as the schedule is concerned. Uh, bail on him early and uh, and get yourself some Samaje. That Rams matchup is week two, right? Yes. I'm reasonably confident that Aaron Donald will show up for camp before the season <laughs> starts. But say you don't show up until week one, you're probably not playing week one. Week two would be your first game back. You put it all together, and uh, that's an attractive matchup for whoever is logging the majority of carries for the, for the Redskins. I was quickly checking, trying to quickly check, where we have Kelly and P. Ryan right now. And we, looks like we all have him in the 30s, low 30s. And the, Rob Kelly in the low 30s. And we all have P. Ryan in the 50s. So yeah, about 20 right. spot so difference. We're, we're getting there. We're yeah. getting there. We're tweaking it. Look, it looks like we've, uh, we've updated our rankings pretty well, which are available on fanball.com. Go, go check them out. Go check them out. You can check out Tuvies, mine, Jay's, Aaron Whitlock's, and uh, that other guy. I forget his name. Brian? Uh, no, I don't think it's Brian. Um, Peter? Uh, no, it's something. Larry? Ch- Ch- I think it Chuck Charchian. That's it. Chuck <laughs> Charchian. Chuck right. Charchian. Go check out Chuck Charchian's cheat sheets. Of course, it's Paul. That's some Charchian. amazing alliteration. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm looking at my updated rankings. He is 32. I mean, I've got him one I'm spot 34. ahead of Paul Perkins and one spot behind Christian McCaffrey. So I just gave a nice glowing endorsement for him being in shape. And yet, thirty-two is you can you yeah, can go either way on draft day on that. So that's, that's a strong RB three. All right, Ezekiel Elliott. It feels like we've talked about him on every podcast no. for three weeks now or longer. But there's, I guess, a little bit more stuff. Let, let's just start with the fantasy side. Um, actually, you know what? Let's start with the news. John, what's the latest on Ezekiel Elliott? Well, now there's some he said, she said stuff that uh, supports that maybe. Uh, Zeke's accuser is uh, potentially digging for money or something, and you know that's you know, that's the approach that I think that you take in this situation is you turn it back on the accuser. Unfortunately, so it's it's not going to be pretty. The appeal, I believe they said, it's going to be heard the 29th. 
of August, so right around the time that most people are making their drafts. I've I've thought that it was going to be reduced to three to four games Mm -hmm. just on the surface of it. There weren't any formal charges it's a lot like the you know, maybe the ben roethlisberger situation where there was nothing formal it sure I think it's looked exactly like the yeah, ben, you know, like it sure that, looked yeah. like something happened we don't have the legal paper trail but it's a black eye on the league nonetheless i take the tom cruise approach from a few good men it doesn't matter what i believe it only matters what i can prove <laughs> and like there's you know i'm very uncomfortable with the nfl uh, they're, they're just not equipped to handle things like this. Now, I'm not blind to the fact that the the Greg Hardy situation, that sometimes uh, people, witnesses disappear, whether it's for money or whatever reason. I'm not blind to that, but I'm just very uncomfortable when the NFL hands out a six-game suspension. I'm not saying something, nothing happened. I'm just saying there's no arrest. It makes me uncomfortable. Um you know, and you almost gotta you gotta couch everything by saying we're completely against this. But at the same time, the NFL isn't equipped to to play the moral police on something where there's there is no arrest yet. And uh, so I'm like you. I think it's like a Big Ben situation where this if they if they pursue it without like embarrassing the NFL, it'll suddenly get dropped down to three or four games. You know, it, it's a little bit for me like the Joe Mixon situation as well. I mean, there's there's a nut, there's a prop. Preponderance. Hey, am I at, sure. That's eight dollars in words I've thrown we, out. Today. We are going to buy, <laughs> not buy you that thesaurus. That, I was going to say that yeah. thesaurus that I bought at the garage sale is really paying off. It's not. Um, a th- no, don't <laughs> just say it's toilet paper every day, and no one will laugh at you. It's fine, you know. You know, but with with a, a guy like Mixon, a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, I get if you don't want that guy in your team, I, I totally get it. Same we, here. We and. and for the most part, we need to talk about and focus on what's happening fantasy football-wise. So we've probably delved even a little bit more into the the off-the-field stuff than than I'm comfortable with because yeah, you know, I, I've, I've got I strong like opinions. I can't really apply those because you're not here I, for my I, opinions. You're here for my fantasy football opinions. Do you guys have a moral problem? Like, see, my my this is my attitude. My what I believe happened off the field. If the guy's available to play for a week, then I just take that into account. Like I don't like I don't take some stand against Joe Mixon or something like that. Like in it's like he served his time. Uh, he has zero tolerance for me personally from this point forward. But if if you're in the league and you're playing, all I can do is respond to that. And so like if someone were to ask me a fantasy question, I would never say, "Oh, don't play Joe Mixon because he punched a girl at Oklahoma." You know, I'm, you're never going to hear that. He's eligible. It's up to us to give like honest assessment of what we think they would do on the field. Okay, then I'll ask you a fantasy question. <laughs> Where are you drafting him if you had to draft right now, five minutes from now, actually? We're talking about Mixon or Zeke? Z- Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, I think I've been consistent on this. Um, I would not let him fall. Say I had a guy ask me he was in a 16-team league. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you cannot waste a pick in round one or two. But if really? he's there, middle of round three, I'll take him because I'm one. I'm not 1% sure. I'm reasonably confident this thing will be three or four games. And as I, if we were together last year, I would have like stomped on the table all the time. Le'Veon Bell dropped like three spots, maybe at the end of round last one, round one last year, and he was only missing three games. Like if Zeke were to miss four, even five, I'm not flying off the handle. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna jump off that bridge, uh, off that bandwagon. Bandwagon. Like uh, if he's there early round three, I'm taking. Well, I will tell you that I have not even seen him last round three once yet. He's going uh, mid to end of round two in in Matt Harrison's fourteen teamer the other day. Sure. He went uh, late round two in a fourteen teamer, and he was 
That's about the latest I've ever heard. That doesn't surprise me at all because it's yeah. value. And once you get the guy, it's what he did the first five weeks are complete. Say he yeah. didn't play for the uh, first five weeks. What he did those five weeks are relevant. What, the only thing that matters is the future. Um, you know, so, yeah, you – the the thing that is more interesting about him is the trade market. I don't think the draft market's going to change that much because you're not going to pass on him in round three. John, where are you taking him? I, you- I think end of two, early three. I mean, I, I will look in at uh, if I'm picking, you know, third overall, fourth overall, and he comes back. Uh, so at the end of round two, and I've got a shot at him there, I'll think about it if he's still there, and I've got two stud players that I like. Um, and he's still there in round three. I definitely am grabbing him, but I don't know that he will be. But, again, go back, going back to what I thought about it getting reduced to three or four games, The first, two of the first three games are two of the, like, maybe four or five yeah. matchups that are bad for Dallas this year. It's the Giants and Arizona, uh, the number 11 and number three run defenses or fantasy defenses against running backs, so followed by six straight favorable games with fresh legs. So. From an on-field standpoint only, forget yep. about the law, yep. it's imperative for Elliott to get back for Green Bay and San Francisco. So I believe that's games five and six. So, Yeah, those are, those are nice matchups in the middle of the season. The, the, early, the early road and the playoff road for Dallas is not great, but the middle of the season is where Ezekiel Elliott can really help your team. Well, if you don't like the playoff road, that's, that's a discussion for another day. Yeah, that that's is. when you, you see that train coming and you trade him before that for everything at full right. for full value i do have trouble sometimes with preseason playoff projecting right. strength well, of schedule see, here's the deal every it's, league it's i tough. ever join i go into the assumption that i will make the playoffs like right. if i'm in a league well, well i'm just if saying, i'm in a league where only six teams make it maybe but if we're in eight if eight teams will make the playoffs regardless mm-hmm. if it's a 12 14 16 i always say I'm good enough where I know I'm barring catastrophic injuries, I will make the playoffs. Right. I was more I was more going towards predicting that the defenses they're gonna play oh, oh, are sure, good sure, or sure. bad. Okay, my bad. So OJ Howard, he's uh supposedly gonna be used as more of a blocker early on for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which makes sense because he's <laughs> a more polished blocker than Cameron Brait already coming out of school. So John, what do you think about that? You are, O.J. Howard is currently going ahead of Cameron Brait in drafts, which is shocking to me because Brait scored nine touchdowns. He's got rapport with Jameis Winston. I'm a Brait guy, so so maybe I'm a little biased here. But wh- what do you think about this news on O.J. Howard? Well, I'm definitely a Brait guy as well. And in fact, I, I coined the phrase as he was tearing it up last year, and I kept adding him uh, in daily and having great success because the price never seemed to come around. Um, but I coined the, the phrase, make America braid again. And then mm. that got stolen. And, and, you know, so did you but sell hats? I didn't sell any. Hats. Maybe that's what I should have done is, was sold the hats. Um, that line needs the help. I mean, quite, quite frankly, that offensive line needs, and you could keep Howard into block. You're still sending out Deshaun Jackson deep, Mike Evans deep or, or middle deep Brait over the middle. Plus you can work one more receiver or a running back into the pattern and you've got, uh, plenty of time to keep Jameis Winston up. So, I, I you know, I, I'm definitely on board with Brait being the more valuable fantasy entity. And I think you're getting Howard going off the board higher. Maybe it's skewed by rookie league drafts, dynasty drafts, because of long term, you think he's going to be the better play. Or maybe just people are, are misguided and, and see the name. I, you know, I've, I've only got Brait, I think, in, in like around 20. But, uh, 
I do like his upside, especially on a team that uses as much two tight end sets as, as the Bucks do. I think it's a lot of shiny new toy syndrome, too. I mean, O.J. Howard's PPR uh, ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator is 1210. Cameron Brates is 1401, so about 15 picks later, 14 picks later. Uh, I'll keep this short. Um, I've got Braid at 13, which is not exactly going one way or the other. And I've got Howard at 24. You would think that they would be the tightest t- uh, pan- tandem in the tight end rankings. But, you know, everyone talks, like, outside of Gronkowski, and I'm, I'm looking at Jimmy Graham right now. He only had 356 yards, five touchdowns as a rookie. You know, outside of Gronkowski, name me a tight end that just blew everyone away as a rookie. Like, people think of, like, well, in this century, Jeremy Shockey, he knocked over that guy in the exhibition season. He must have had a great rookie campaign. Two touchdowns. Vernon Davis, boy, he was the, the highest drafted tight end ever. Physical marvel. He had three touchdowns his rookie season. Like, I just have no use for rookie receivers at all. So, like, I like Howard's long-term potential. He'll probably be better than Brait someday. But between the, between the 20s now, Brait's the guy by a long shot. And Brait probably has a slight edge in the red zone. So, to me, those rankings make sense. You want to talk about rookie tight ends. Hunter Henry last year, and it was an okay season. Yeah. It was a good season. It was the 13th best fantasy season by a rookie tight end of all time. That's how bad Eight rookie touchdowns? tight ends. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was certainly <laughs> great in the red zone. You know, Like for a half second, I thought you were going to bring up Aaron, Aaron Hernandez, who had like five, 600 yards, six touchdowns. You know, he, it was good, but it wasn't you know, special. You know, since Gronk, I think the best rookie tight end season was like Tim Wright or something. It was like a yeah, 500 yeah. yards and five touchdowns. They just they don't, they don't do and, it in Antonio their first Antonio Gates season. walks in the Hall of Fame. You know how many touchdowns he had as a rookie? Two. You know, wow. so but he had uh, like a bunch of block shots, and he did. You know, he played basketball. Yes. No. I know. I, no. See, that's the key. Do we Indiana know if OJ Howard played basketball? Regional final, two thousand two. Jay, we are like Brait and Howard twins. I have him Brait twelve. Cute, you have him guys. thirteen, that's and cute. we both have Howard at twenty four. Yeah, and the twenty four might be a little high, but here's the thing: with with a high ADP that he has and my low ranking, it absolutely guarantees that I will not have Howard in any in any draft. You know, any 16-round draft. Fish just beat me up. I've got Brait uh, low. I, I might have to uh, revisit that because I am a Brait guy. But However, maybe you just feel other guys are better. Well, and and there is risk. And I mean, if O.J. Howard. Yep. Here's this. Uh, Henry, I think Hunter Henry has higher upside than, than O.J. Howard could ever have just because you know the Chargers have a history of throwing to their tight ends. And I'm not saying Henry will duplicate. I'm looking at Antonio Gates' absurd numbers from what years two through nine where he had a minimum of eight touchdowns and basically was 950 yards every year that's not going to happen but at the same time like you know give me henry's upside over anybody that's 23 24 years younger or younger do we know if hunter henry played basketball I think that's got to be the defining <laughs> you thing. You can't be on that big and end. not play basketball. Even, <laughs> even if you're like the bull in a china shop for your high school team, you 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 played basketball. You know. So Hunter Henry, Jay, and I twins again. Both have him at ten, and Tuvi has him at eight. Ooh. So back to OJ Howard and Cameron Brait. They had a total of 106 targets last year to tight ends. Brait had 81 of them. I'm going to guess that split is going to change a little bit, but they do use two tight end personnel a lot. It's interesting to note that, that Howard will be more of a blocker because that, that just tells me Braid is an even better buy in the 14th round. Absolutely. The error of recency that people have, if you take away the two games that Howard had against Clemson, 
basically you're talking about a guy that have averaged something like 46 yards receiving a game in college. Yeah, but just saying that might be some SEC. I mean, look just at saying. look at the LSU receivers and their per game numbers just because they didn't know how to use receivers and and we there's could so do a much whole podcast of us Alabama talking team. about how LSU wideouts <laughs> that showed you nothing in college that wow, look how good they are now. All right, we'll schedule that for tomorrow. All but right. for today, we're going to get out I of won't here. Be here <laughs> you won't be here tomorrow. Oh, I guess it's just going to be me and John. No, wait, then. tomorrow's our big rooftop jamboree. That's right, I will oh, be here. is there? Okay, so <laughs> I think that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. For John Tuvey, at J Tuvey. For Jay Clemens, at M-I-N underscore J Clemens. And for me, at ScottFish24. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs>